to uh, our regular things. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Downstage with Brian Hagen. Um, I'm Brian M. Davis, as always. Uh, he is, of course, uh, Hayden Loomis. Uh, and uh, right before we start recording, uh, one of our mutual friends actually shared a post on Facebook, and it kind of got us uh, going, like, almost... I was about to go on to a little rant, and I'm pretty sure Hayden was going on a little rant, but... Uh, we want to talk about before we actually start talking about this week of entertainment because we got a couple of things to talk about and we also got to do a little new segment called the hypothetical crossover that should have happened so this hypothetical crossover that should have happened is basically Rocky Balboa versus Daniel Russo in their prime but we'll explain to you later what the rules are and yeah so our mutual friend, Chris, he posted something about it from a, another Facebook group about, like, New York actors and stuff like that, too. And I don't know who this guy was, but there was this guy who talked about how he had no acting career. I mean, well, he has no acting career. I mean, if, if he's talking about this, yeah. Yeah, it's it's clear he doesn't like yeah he, like how he had no career path because he has no agent no agency uh, no talent agency or something like that but he was able to make it through whatever because he's like uh he, this is like his fifth film already in the span of three years and he made it through like uh like a spam I, I mean a span of Three years of just his own talent or, like, ego, essentially. And, yeah, if you're a budding actor and you think you don't – and if you think you do have what it takes, please do not say you don't need acting classes. Please do not say you don't need an agent. Please do not say you don't need an agency. I have friends who go to acting classes. I have friends who have agents. I have friends who have agencies behind them. And they do wonderful things. And then there are assholes like this guy who clearly... Who clearly doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about because he he honestly is talking about... He's blowing so much ego out of his own asshole that he feels like he's actually this hot young shot of a thing and, and if you probably go to this guy i don't even know who this guy is but if i probably go to his imd play dd imdb page if he has one if he even has one well then again it is imdb you know anybody who is anybody could literally just could just say hey you know i did this mm-hmm. one and it's like boom right there mm-hmm. uh but i'm pretty sure if you go to this guy imdb page like he'll probably be like you know party goer too or something like that and mm-hmm. he's talking about how he you know he's talking what was it some movie with tim roth and uh rebecca hall and like mm-hmm. and, like a festival too like not even like not like you know a, a big blockbuster you know theatrical release just like one festival yeah that anything yeah and that's it and he thinks he's hot shit because he was just in only you know because he done one festival and, and apparently some other things that he also doesn't even mention at all, which you would think if you've done yeah. those things, why not? I don't know, mention them because you know, when the point of you being an actor is you know, people seeing your stuff and getting that viewership and that recognition, yeah. But it's like you said, he was probably just that random party goer or just that random dude on the sidewalk, yeah. And you know, I've done things in the past that have seen people like crowds of like maybe 50 people or uh just people like private friends and stuff like that you know just performances that were you know class performances all that stuff and i feel grateful too but you know i don't mind having my uh stuff being put out there as an actor because you know actors have to have their you know demo reel or acting reel what have you and it's a lot harder for that to happen when you know, how do you create a demo reel or even an acting reel where it's just like a lot of these performances were, you know, either no one came with a um, a camera or they had a camera, but they just couldn't have enough 
juice for like one performance and stuff like that too. So it was like, but the, the you know it, it reminds me of this other guy who who basically is a glorified actor, right? Mm-hmm. And he basically would do things on social media saying that he, you know, he's a jack of all trades. He's a producer. I mean, well, music producer, he, you know, produces his own music. He's a singer, songwriter, all that good, you know, all that stuff. You know, he, if I remember correctly, there was a time when I was following him on social media that he, you know, he, he lived out in Jersey, but he lived out in like those um, condos in Jersey's. Like, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if like, like those condos in Jersey's that like overlooks, that overlook the river into Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like one of those, like, like one of those type of things. Mm-hmm. And obviously this guy, you know, like this guy has also not only is a glorified extra, at least in my, well, not in my eyes, but a lot of my other friends too, where it's just like, you know, he talks a lot of bullshit. And a lot of times this guy also has used his uh, well power in terms of other things to actually discredit other uh, friends of mine because, you know, they decided not to uh, give him, um, uh, what's the term, uh, give him a shout out or something like that because, you know, uh, because they were doing their own thing and suddenly it's like, oh, you know, this this person doesn't feel like this, yeah, this person doesn't feel like they uh, know, yeah, Honestly, the dude definitely I, sounds like an asshole. Like, yeah, he is an asshole. Yeah. He's like one of those, um, whatchamacallit, uh, my, one, my friends have, uh, like a, he's a psychopath, but he's also like one of those, uh, guys who really does feel like he, he, like his ego is like so far up his own head that he can't really reach it to give himself like some uh mm-hmm. like like he wants to give himself a pat on the head like every time he does something successful mm-hmm. but yeah uh i felt like that that's a good way to start this episode um don't be an asshole if you're an actor uh yeah. support your other com- uh, support your other acting friends because that's what i've been trying to do for the past uh, couple of times now uh especially with uh, COVID now slowing uh like reopening things in terms of like shows and whatnot. Like I'm going to see shows that I would normally see because a lot, you know, last year that, you know, that when there was a show, uh, I didn't really, really, I didn't really want to risk uh, getting COVID or going on the subway, but now I got to risk going myself on the subway either because New York city is like a, uh, New York city is a freaking war zone with people getting stabbed. <sighs> Yeah, New York, New York definitely feels like it's kind of just going back to like, not like fierce. those like those seventies times right now. Yeah, not fear. It hasn't reached Fear City. That I could say tell you that. Like, mm-hmm. like, uh, like it hasn't reached Fear City. But as an actor, it is giving me somewhat a pause of 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 being an actor again. And why am I? Well, hang on. Oh, of course, my thing is uh. <laughs> My thing is like uh like I'm trying to figure out why my uh anyway, sorry about that. Um uh, but yeah. Welcome to the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry <laughs> about the uh uh opening rant there, but when a mutual friend of ours uh shows us that and you just uh, and it just like brings the question of the age or role of, of an actor, just don't be an asshole. Mm-hmm. And and, and and also, if you think you can be an actor and not have any kind of training at all, you are kidding yourself, or you clearly have deluded yourself so much because the odds of actually being able to do that are so 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 incredibly against you if you don't have any kind of training, because people will see you and if, and if you don't have anything to back up what you're doing acting wise, they'll know you're full of crap, and you're not going to get hired. Surprise, oh, surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and even the ones who don't get training but do actually get work, like one of the best examples, Aaron Paul. But what he actually did was you can tell he was learning while he was working on the set of Breaking Bad. One for yeah. just working with his co-stars, but also he did in life 
I think after they started doing that show, he did also go and get, you know, professional acting training. And I'm not saying that uh, if you don't have any professional acting training, there are great actresses and act, well, they're great performances who haven't had a amount of training whatsoever, professional training, who knock it out of the park mm-hmm. because of how natural they are. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, they start getting, you know, they start going to acting classes and stuff like that too. And, you know, but there are people who believe they don't need the acting training, the, the acting training classes, what have you, or an agent or an agency ba- you know, backing them because they're so that they're so full of hot smoke where mm-hmm. they believe that hot smoke has just got to transcend them into stardom because just because of everything else but yeah mm-hmm. uh and, and yeah and, and also with that thing too it's like like yeah they they were in a natural in that one in that one particular role they did but that's because that one particular role was just so inherently perfect for them to be natural in not yeah. every role is going to be like that ever and that's why you need the acting training so you can yeah. adjust to all the other roles you will get in life as an actor yeah but yeah, it's like as the, and this is why I really don't like do a lot with my acting because I have to deal with a lot of these um, uh, people. Like almost like nine times out of ten, I probably will be dealing with people who are they don't believe me or they believe themselves because they are so full of hot smoke that they just want to transcend into other places and like they mm-hmm. and. Here, you know, me, I'm just like a like a uh, an actor who really cares about the character that he's playing. But at the same time, I also care about the uh, the ideology behind that character, mm-hmm. and which makes me much more of a naturalistic actor to do so because you know, you know, here I am. I literally don't have like a lick of training, but I have a like a lot. I have a lot of training from great college classes from my uh colleges colleges college anyway college classes that i've had in the past from great teachers who taught me how to really not only think about what an acting is but also think about uh what it is as an actor to do and just reading that really does like you know reading that post from that guy really did bring out feelings of Yes, I want to be an actor, but I don't want to be that 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 type of actor who really doesn't believe. They, I mean, who I don't want to be that type of actor who really doesn't believe that. I'm just being around people like that all the time, and there was a time where I was hanging around people who, who, you know, who were like that. So yeah, and mm-hmm. I really don't want to go back in that like that frame of mind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, that is definitely the risk. With this, you know, particular profession, that it can bring out a lot of people like that, unfortunately. But, but, even, what, but even what you're saying, like, you know, yeah. even college, that is still a form of training. Because, like, as long yeah. as, you know, you have learned something as an actor and can use that to propel yourself, to make yourself as better as an actor going forward. That definitely counts as training, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it definitely feels like, uh especially in New York City and probably in L.A. too and probably other places too, there are people who go into acting who just believe they could just get a career on, the, on their looks alone mm-hmm. without getting a proper sense of training. And again, like you said before with Aaron Paul, uh, I did not know that uh, Aaron Paul did not have like an acting, you know, uh, like an acting resume. I mean, of course he had an acting resume beforehand, but, mm-hmm. you know, but but no like professional training before he yeah, started acting. Yeah. No. Like I remember, you know, reading about like the commercials he did or being a background actor, that sort of thing too. But it's at the same point where it's just like there are actors, actresses who have no professional training who are so good in that role because it may be because of the uh, director or writer working with them, where it's just like, hey, you know. Uh, we could walk around with your limitations, but then again, it'd be like after those limitations, it's like, oh, we got, you know, we got uh, great stuff to do with, you know, uh, yeah, great mm-hmm. stuff, you know, great stuff to uh, 
go about with uh, your acting. But yeah, uh, just reading that, just like it just opened up floodgate of what it is to be an actor like me. And I always care about my craft a lot more than people would think because like, oh, you know, you just like, you know, and it, it does, you know, it does kind of like hurt because, you know, there are auditions that, you know, it's like, oh, you went to, you know, so-and-so college, so-and-so college, no real acting classes, you know, by the thing. And like, that's kind of, that's sort of like, that's a, a thing that, that people would automatically kind of like push off because, you know, because, you know, this college isn't like a professional college for acting or something like that. If I went to someplace like Juilliard or, or, I don't know, uh, Stella Arada or um, um, uh, the acting, the actor studio or um, what other places in New York that I know of. Um, uh, New York Conservatory for Dramatic Arts is one. Yeah. Or one of those other, you know, like one of those places. I'm pretty sure that they would be like, oh, you know, oh, you went to Juilliard for like three years or something like that. And you you were taught under blank, blank, blank. Uh, uh, or you went to uh, New York Conservatory for the Arts uh, or LaGuardia High School or something like that. You know, I, like there's a lot of people who I know who actually went to LaGuardia. And aren't actors but they still have that on their resume because you know it's a, a good niche to have because if they are in a performing arts degree uh it does feel like you know that niche of being an actor does come with the background you have and the background you have often does come about where where did you get your training who taught you and who's going to help you elevate with that training Mm-hmm. <sighs> Hello, folks. Welcome back to uh, the, this week's episode. Uh, I'm sorry if we rambled on for like 15 minutes or so, <laughs> but yeah, as actors, especially those, you know, I live in New York, so I have to deal with this bullshit like nine times out of ten. Hayden doesn't live in New York anymore, but he had to deal with that bullshit. Mm-hmm. So. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I've definitely experienced that bullshit before. It's it's ridiculous. So it just brings up uh, old memories of like that type of BS of 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 being an actor, and here I am trying to go back into acting without going into that mindset of I don't want I don't want people who who have that ego so much that their their ego is just filling their like hot smoke with air. But anyway, <sighs> but. Yeah, this week entertainment. Um, not much to go around aside from maybe a couple of movie trailers. Uh, I mean, there was a couple of things that happened in in entertainment. Uh, uh, I guess maybe we could start off with a, an odd case of mistaken identity, which would be Ryan Cougar being uh, mm-hmm. mistaken to be a bank robber because he was trying to withdraw money by using a note and. Yeah, I haven't really listened to, I mean, I haven't really seen the video that much, but from what I heard from essentially official reports, uh, the bank teller thought he was a bank robber because he's wearing a mask, you know, well, nowadays. It's COVID. Yeah, it's COVID anyway, so. And Brian Cougar is also an African-American, so wearing a mask, African-American, oh. He's asking for like, I believe twelve thousand dollars from his bank account, and he's trying to be discreet about it. So yeah, it obviously and of course you know the the bank teller doesn't know who this person is probably. I mean, I'm an actor. I mean, I'm not an, like if I wasn't an actor and I was just like a regular movie person, I would probably know who this guy was. You know, he's you know he directed a movie that has like maybe like made what, one billion in the box office or close to it? Like, I'm not sure how much Black Panther made, but... Yeah, it was, it was probably close. I don't remember off the top of my head, but, like, it, it but did it, pretty good. But if it, it was a profitable movie. And mm-hmm. he was a profitable actor beforehand with, you know, with uh, movies he did with Michael B. Jordan, and I'm just like... And he just recently did uh, a Space Jam and New Legacy uh, as, a, I believe, a producer. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, you know, He's a very name recognition person, so him being, 
uh, mistaken as a robber. It's just like, or not a robber, but like uh, someone who was like, they obviously did not think to themselves, oh, you know, it's, you know, the police come and, like, I literally, the police come and they had to, like, detain them right there, but then they were like, oh, by the way, it's like, you know, it's, uh, of, of course, you know, this gets uh, all taken, sorted out, but it, it obviously just, like, it just raises the questions of why are there still people who are stupid? I mean, I can understand if because I understand, you know, taking out twelve grand, that's kind of like allowed. And, of course, the moment I start talking about money, people are doing... Uh, people are doing uh, uh, construction nearby. That takes money, so... <laughs> but, yeah, obviously, it, it, it's very weird. I mean, it, it, it's very... Yeah, it's very weird to read that essentially... Uh, a director like him was essentially profiled into being uh, a bank. I wouldn't say bank robber, but at least someone who was trying to withdraw like over 12 grand or something like that. And being mistaken as someone who was like that because he wasn't like he was trying to be discreet. I mean, if you're trying to withdraw 12 grand, I would be a little discreet, too. You know, it's twelve hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, not twelve hundred dollars is twelve thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, I would be the same if like, it's like, hey, you know, I want to. Withdraw like fifteen grand, you know, just be discreet about it. So, so mm-hmm. you know, it's like, but yeah, it, it definitely felt like <sighs> it definitely felt like that the bank was at fault too. Where it's just like, you know, it's yeah, it it definitely it definitely felt mm-hmm. like those things. Yeah, like I. I, like like when I like when I hear the story and it's like in the in like all the details I'm like it's hard not to look at this and think there is a racial component to it yeah because it because it feels so evidently clear how it is it's like 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 first off the dude's asking to withdraw money I would assume from his account which means you would have to you know probably show his ID because yeah. that's a lot of money to withdraw. So I assume they'd probably ask to see an ID to confirm that it's, you know, the person. And then just just literally just be like, hey, could you mind taking the mask off for just a quick second just so I can, you know, confirm, you know, just to be sure. Because I think with that mask, it's like, you know, it does cover up like two two thirds of your face. So like, like literally that's all you that's all you'd have to do. Like bank teller person. Like you're like the response to be like, okay, call the cops. And then the cops just you know, detain the dude, like, put him in cuffs, like, you know, on the spot, and then sort out later, like, like, let's be honest, if this person was, you know, like, the the color of red before it becomes toast, then this wouldn't happen. Like, either the bank teller would be like, okay, here you go, or if he did call the cops still, the cops would just be like, Okay, yeah, just hang around. We're not going to cuff you. Let's just quickly sort this out and then just literally, and then leave and be on their way. Okay. Like, like actually, literally, like. I'm actually reading more about this. Uh, hang on. The teller never indicated there was a problem when she went to talk to Maz because apparently uh, Cougar, when he went to redraw the thing, like the, the computer automatically gave like a little notification, like a little alert saying that, you know, this was like 12,000 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And there was a problem. And when she went to talk to the manager, uh, other bank uh, other bank employees kept asking if she if she was already being taken care of. The next thing he knew, he heard guns being pulled out their holsters. Another body cam video shows the teller explained that Cougar gave her the withdrawal slip, and he inserted his debit card and asked to make a withdrawal. He pointed a note, asking her. Pointed the note instead of asking her questions. When he asked for it, when she asked for him an ID, he gave her a California ID, and the transaction seemed odd, and her stomach started turning. Uh, bear in mind, this happened in Atlanta, so that's the reason why he probably gave her his, uh, I, you know, California ID. But again, an ID and his ID. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's from a different state because mo- most a lot of the big banks have branches all over the damn country. Uh, when the 
computer notified her it was a high-risk transaction. She went to speak with her manager. When she explained Cougar wanted 12 grand, the transaction made her uncomfortable and her manager suggests going to talk to him, she told the officers, but she refused because she was pregnant and did not know if she had a gun. I mean, sorry, if she had a gun. If he had a gun, so she called 911. So. What? For, for Christ's sake. Apparently this happened in the Bank of America, so I'm not sure if the Bank of America is a... Um, uh, a thing but yeah no yeah i think bank of america has like a bunch of different locations so yeah like i think like i think they're one of those like you know like chains oh i'm pretty i'm pretty sure and and the weird thing happened was this actually happened earlier this year so early january so this happened in early january of this year and it only started coming out now because of probably the body cam footage because i'm not Mm. sure I'm not sure how long body cam footage becomes public. So, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Usually it is like you know at least a couple months, if not sometimes longer, before they ever release the, that kind of footage to the public. Yeah. So yeah, it, it definitely feels like uh, a lot of people were in the wrong. But yeah, it does feel. Like, and the weird thing was that from my reading, you know the. The bank teller was, you know, African American as well. So, so I'm not sure why she felt threatened that, you know, Brian, you know, he wanted like, like I understand, like again, we're drawing over ten thousand dollars. I can understand that, you know, especially if it's a high risk transaction. You know, I'm not sure how much money local stuff could do, just regardless. So, but again, money is money. You know, if he wanted. Exactly. Like if it's like it's your money, clearly he's asking for his own money, I would assume, obviously. Like Yeah. Like like for God, for I mean for God's sake though, like and the fact not- that she says she went to her manager, but then the manager apparently seems so the manager never came out to actually talk to Ryan? I don't believe so. So it's like did, did she even go to the manager at all then? Is, is she lying about that? Like I don't I don't want to make any accusations, but I'm like because I feel like if you'd go to your manager with this, the manager should come out and be like, hey, I'm going to talk to this person. I mean, there were a lot of times in work that I had previously where my manager had to come out to talk to somebody. So it's like. It's- exactly. Like, like, especially with that kind of thing where it's like, yeah, sure, it's a lot of money. And your system is literally being like, yeah, we um, yeah, this is a big transaction. I would feel like that would be a situation where the manager should be coming out and just, you know, kind of chatting with the person being like. Hey, yeah, you know, it's just a te- like, like, you know, just try and explain the way, like, hey, you know, it's a technical thing, you know, how it is, big transactions, gotta, you know, do this whole, you know, thing. Yeah, but because because it's like the like, but yeah, it's like if you're like, it's 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 it, 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 it's bodily my mind trying to make sense of this because it's like like. This stuff always if happens. You, like, if you actually feel threatened, say you're going to your manager, like you told, like you said to the guy, and then talk to the manager, talk to your manager about it. Because I, I feel I, like I feel like if this, because I feel like in this situation, the manager, even even if they still felt like they had to call the cops, the manager would still come out anyway. Yeah. Like that. Like the manager would come out and talk to the guy and be like, hey, yeah, sorry, you know, our computers are saying, hey, this is a big transaction. It's going to take us a minute to just kind of sort through all the technical stuff. Yeah. Like, you would literally do something to kind of, like, you know, stall for time. But yeah. that doesn't sound like it happened at all. So, like, I, I don't know. It, it smells like there's some bullshit. Yeah, and I think uh, Ryan even said that, you know, uh, this thing should not have happened at all. But, you know, Exactly, like, it shouldn't have. Yeah, he even, like, said in a public statement, this should not have had happened at all. You know, I think, like, I've been at the Bank of America, like, for years now. So it's like, like, yeah, it's like this thing should not have happened at all. But uh, it just goes to show you that, you know, even if you are, like, a famous person, uh, race and color sometimes does uh, race and color and really does uh, not at all 
factor. I mean, it does still factor in a lot of things, especially if you're trying to withdraw money or something like that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but yeah. It's a very weird situation. And and then speaking of weird situations, uh uh we got trailers. Uh, I don't know how that's a weird transition. Uh <laughs> well the way we did that transition was pretty weird, so there's that. Well, I mean, there is a weird situation with because okay, we'll start with the, the trailer that just came out today, which is the Miss Marvel trailer. Uh as always, Marvel is just changing things about the characters and uh, instead of Kamala Khan being an inhuman and having stretchy powers and bigger powers, as he calls it, uh, she has essentially, uh, I believe, what they call, I think they call mega bands or, yeah, I think, I think they were basically, uh, like, connected to a, uh, another cosmic character, I forgot who it was, but I believe it might have been connected to, uh, a, a Fantastic Four character in the past, especially with Galactus. It's not Silver Surfer, but it, it was maybe one of the heralds of Galactus. I'm not sure. Remember who it was? Uh, maybe Captain Universe. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, but apparently the bands give her powers instead of her being all stretchy and all like embiggering and whatnot. You know, and. Someone actually mentioned that th- this all could be a a, a plot, a, a not plight, um, a play on the fact that uh, Kamala Khan is a fan fiction, uh, you know, fan fiction uh, writer or autor or what have you. And so I forgot that I forgot if it was on Reddit that someone actually joked on Reddit that uh, Kamala Khan not having her stretchy powers would be. Totally in character for her because she's actually just rewriting her own like story, uh, origin story. But it's just the way that her powers look enough like Green Lantern's powers. That's what bothers me. Mm-hmm. Like this character is iconic for having the stretchy powers. Yeah. For basically being like, you know, the same kind you see in Miss Fantastic. So I understand if you don't use those powers at all, that's... It feels like that's just a choice not to make because, like, especially because, like, with the tone of this in this trailer, like, I'm, I'm watching this, this trailer, it feels like a like a fun teen coming-of-age rom-com kind of story. Yeah. So imagine how fun it would be for a character to have those stretchy powers and, like, she's going on her first date with the guy she has a crush on. Yeah. And she's trying to use her powers to try and keep, or, like, stretchy powers to try and keep things from falling off and try to keep, the, you know, just kind of make sure the night actually, you know, doesn't end in a bad yeah. first date. And and of course, this being Marvel, Marvel always like changes a lot of characters around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and someone actually mentioned, uh, oh, you know, uh, uh, Marvel doesn't really want to have another character who could stretch. And people were like, and people literally just put like War Machine, Pepper Potch, Iron Man, all suit of armor, mm-hmm. uh, Wong, Steam of Strange, Master. I was about to say Masters of the Universe, uh, <laughs> Masters of the Dark. <laughs> That's just the dark arts. That's a different one. Captain America, Bucky Barnes, and now Sam is Captain America. Because they're all basically the same, more or less. Yeah. Doing the same job. And I understand if uh, the whole thing with Captain Marvel being, you know, oh, you know, she has the same powers as Captain Marvel, but... Actually, I feel like... um, (sighs) What I, I actually what um, hmm? no just to finish my thought about the trailer I just felt a little underwhelmed with the trailer because I'm just so used to a Kamala Khan being like this very and it, it doesn't and of course they do show her being a very energetic character like a very full of life character and that's why I do see that thing but I've just played the Avengers uh, video game which again they do it. They, you know, they explained the whole, and this, and it might be because of the whole inhuman mess a few years ago, mm-hmm. and they don't want to go back to inhumans, and they got to do the whole mutant things, and probably in the next couple of years, so mm-hmm. they just got quietly just quite, you know, sweep the whole inhuman thing under the rug like it never happened, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, it, it, I like the idea, I, I like the choice of using blinding lights with. Uh, the, the trailer, but 
But otherwise, I feel like the trailer just felt like very over underwhelming for me. Like it, mm-hmm. it's so, it, like it showed me the trailer, like you just said before. It feels like a a wacky rom com set in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. And also a little bit of like um, Spider Verse inspiration with the first like thirty so seconds of that trailer. Yeah, which felt like a little odd, and then they stopped doing it. I'm just like. Mm-hmm. Like the first three, like the first minute of that trailer is like literally just like you know uh, text bubbles and whatnot, and then suddenly it's like it's gone. I'm like, what happened to it? It's it's like it's like okay, I, I was I actually love that first part of the trailer because it was actually yeah. unique. It actually stood out. It actually could have been it actually like, hey, this is interesting. It's like okay, now we're back to Marvel. Yes, Marvel being essentially uh back to uh uh back to essentially uh what it does best, which is basically cookie uh, cookie cutter uh, trailers. Yep, for probably what's going to be a cookie cutter show that maybe has one or two good episodes, but overall it is going to fail actually telling a story because they're going to limit the number of episodes that they do, and then like, like all you gotta do is look at most of their shows, and you can tell that it's like they have the co- they have the concepts, the ideas, but they don't know how to effectively execute them to actually maintain an, an overall consistency. I mean, compare that to, say, the Moon Knight. The Moon Knight trailers have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Moon Knight, were... I feel like, is going to be a, such a standout, too, because of how yeah. uniquely different it is in tone and style and everything compared to everything else Marvel has done with these TV shows. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't remember the trailers at all for... I don't remember the trailer at all for WandaVision. I mean, I, I do remember, like, maybe... Bits and pieces of like the 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 Disney uh, Disney Plus uh, like in review thing of when they were like showing what the the, the show's gonna be about. Mm-hmm. Like like I really hope that uh, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, She Hulk, and I forget what else comes at the end of the year. I know that at the end of the year it's gonna be like two specials, which is Werewolf by Night and the Guardians of the, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Christmas uh, uh, specials that they have for both for Halloween and Christmas, respectively. Mm-hmm. But I really hope that uh, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and Seahawk, 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 really do break the mold of Marvel shows because I do like, that. like, I like the the idea of a quirky type of show is set in the MCU. And that's just basically uh, Kamala's viewpoint because mm-hmm. she sees herself as a very quirky character. Mm-hmm. And it would be kind of very in character for Kamala Khan to be like that. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to, to trailers, we actually have the well, Actually, Actually, actually um, I want to say one more thing that I feel like, I think direction-wise, what they're also wanting to try and do with this one is like, I think they want to give her the those kind of Captain Marvel powers because... I think what they realized is that, yeah, people don't like um, the Brie Larson Captain Marvel character. Because that yeah. thing, her, that character has never been interesting in the comics because no writer has ever been able to actually make her character actually be interesting or engaging or someone you actually care about and root for. And you can see that still in when they did the Captain Marvel movie. Because yeah. to be honest, most of the reason people went to see that movie is because they were more concerned with knowing how it's going to tie in with Endgame. Because, yeah. of, because of when that came out in between Infinity War and Endgame. And yeah. even then, her character is generally flat, and it's like, it doesn't feel like there's much that this character actually has to struggle with. She li- Like, yeah. literally that whole joke about, like, oh, Goku just gets stronger, and then boom, problem solved. Like, that's literally what happens in this movie, in, in that movie. So I feel like what they're trying to do now with a lot of the shows, it's like, we get Monica Rambeau, and it feels like she's also going to become a new Captain Marvel kind of character. And then now we get um, Kamala Khan and they're giving her those kind of Captain Marvel powers. So I feel like I they th- are trying to kind of like take the focus more off from like Brie Larson being Captain Marvel and, and like kind of like playing around with maybe having some of these other characters be Captain Marvels as well. So it's not just the one Captain Marvel when they do the second movie. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to the Marvels, I think it'll probably be... Like a like an ensemble casting where it's just like it's more along the lines of 
it being about Captain Marvel, and then and it ends up being about Captain Marvel, uh, her relationship with uh, uh, Monica, and now her relationship with Kamala. Who mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I feel like that that obviously got to be setting up a uh, a, a role with. Uh, Carol and Miss Marvel somewhere down the line because obviously it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, but it's like that's the thing. It's like I think they've kind of realized we can't put all our chips on just there being one Captain Marvel. We kind yeah. of have to now kind of like try and balance it out with some others as well who have similar powers to try and like like make them a team and balance it out. So that way it's like there's a better uh, chemistry. Sorry, my cat had a little bit of like a uh, tangle in her hair. I was getting off for her. Okay, I was like. Cat doing all right? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I was just kind of petting her, and I felt this, like, kind of, like... So, the way your hair is, it's, like... It, it can sometimes kind of get tangled up and, like, mad and like matting, I think, as it's called. Ah. So, it's, like, sometimes when it kind of gets a little bad, I'll try, like, kind of, like, you know... um, Just kind of, like, try to pull it apart for her. Because you don't, you don't want your cat's hair to mat. Yeah. Uh, Same with dogs, too. But, yeah. I feel like that's what they're kind of going to be going for direction-wise. Yeah, I feel like that's why they're putting a lot of this Captain Marvel influence in this particular movie. Yeah, they're obviously uh, uh, trying to impact of like the the impact that Captain Marvel had. Even though, oddly enough, she really doesn't have that much of an impact outside of her mm-hmm. own movie. And even in the, her own movies, like her like story was kind of like hidden in the shadows of like the MCU. And she mm-hmm. only saved the world, like, you know, uh, at the end of Endgame because, you know, they need that little uh, moment where it's like um, the chips are down. Who's going to save, the, who's going to, you know, who could mm-hmm. go toe-to-toe with Thanos? And, you know, it's, you know they have, so they use Captain Marvel, so. Exactly. It's like he was more of a threat for her in compared to anything that Captain Marvel actually had to face in her own movie. So it's like, I feel like instead of their, like her having to, like, so I think that's what they're going to make her struggle be for that, for when they do that second movie. It's not going to be she has to fight some... I mean, maybe it'll be some big bad she has to fight, but she can't fight on her own. So yeah. now she actually has to be able to work with a team of people. Now she has to figure out how to actually work with Monica Rambeau and, Kam- and Kamala Khan. Yeah, especially since Monica and... Like, when she left with Monica when she was young, and younger, she was, like, on good terms. But now Monica was a victim of the snap, and... You know, no, she- uh, no, no, uh, it wasn't Monica who was a... No, 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 yeah, she was a victim of the snap. I forgot about that. I, I mixed up the mother and the daughter for who was the victim of the snap. Oh. Unless okay. it was, un- unless it was the, wait. No, no, it was, it was. It, it's been a while since I've seen WandaVision, so I'm just blanking on, like, some of those details. And the moment you say WandaVision, your cat just like, eh, he's talking about more about comics, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. Like, eh, I'm out. I'm just gonna look I'm, over this way. I'm, I'm, no, literally, she turned her back to me when I started <laughs> talking about WandaVision. Yep, yep. <laughs> I Hayden, I know where you uh, I know where your um, legion lies is with Wanda <laughs> Maximoff, not me. <laughs> no, don't uh, worry. I'm I don't side with the with the witch who enslaved a bunch of people because she couldn't go and you know see a therapist for her trauma. <laughs> but yeah, obviously, I do hope that year or two it does break the, the the sophomore slump of a couple of these uh shows especially with mm-hmm. miss marvel and she hulk you know especially she hulk because i want to know why bruce looks essentially normal at the end of uh shang chi compared to when we last saw him in the game he was essentially still uh, hulked up in, in, as mm-hmm. professor hulk or whatever he's calling himself no, yeah, so, it was essentially it, it was essentially a Professor Hulk thing. Yeah, and yeah, and and also but, because it's like it, it's clear they never have known what to do with Hulk's character in general anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, skipping yeah. along, uh, skipping ahead. Uh, the Boys. The Boys season three is coming out in June. It looks great. Uh, I love how crazy, insane it looks. Just going mm-hmm. back to the third season. Oh. Uh, because you open up with Butcher with laser eyes or heat vision eyes, whatever you call it. Yeah, I mean, basically just laser eyes. That's what I think of them. Yeah, laser eyes, which is a nice callback to him using the laser eyes baby. Fun. <laughs> it's like, I am the baby now. Zoom. <laughs> and uh, there, 
people are saying that you know Huey's probably got to have a, like a healing factor because there's a moment where uh, the female breaks his arm and Butch is like, eh, you know, it's, it's gonna happen. So yeah, I, yeah, that moment had me so confused. I'm like, wait, why is he so casual about this? And it's like, okay, yeah, he has to be able to heal or something. Especially because he the most has taken so much of like physical beatings out of everybody. Yeah, he like, nearly died in the and, second season. And Jack Wade is an, an amazing comedic actor too, so I can understand them just using the healing factor to uh, to uh, warp that uh, <laughs> to warp that comedic factor of oh you know let, you know let's give the the comedic character a comedic you know a guy with comedic uh, abilities. Uh, um, um, a healing factor, and, and let's make his life a little more miserable. Yeah, <laughs> this season. Poor Huey. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm not sure what Mother's Milk is gonna have. I'm not sure what Frenchie or the well, the female already has her powers, you know. Mm-hmm. But if Frenchie and the if Frenchie is able to essentially see everything as a song, that is actually hilarious because there's actually a shot in this trailer where. It actually does look like almost like a Bollywood type of. I wouldn't say Bollywood, but it definitely just some big musical number. A big musical number. So if that's his a power of is essentially seeing everything in song, that's actually kind of hilarious. Uh, yeah, it's like either he's gonna see it in song, or he's gonna go on some <laughs> drug trip, and he's gonna have this like vision dream where he's married to. I'm blanking on her name, but Kamiko. yeah, the woman in their team with the powers. Like it's. Yeah. I think it's. I think her name is Kimiko. Kimiko, yeah, Kimiko. Yeah. But see, they just, they just call her the female because that's essentially what the character's name is in the comics. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I love the the idea of Homelander seems more unhinged now. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I love them starting to break into more of the old, like I wouldn't say like the Justice Society character, like Justice Society era characters, but I can't wait to see what they do with like essentially. Um, their version of Captain America, their version mm-hmm. of uh, Wanda. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I just can't wait. And, to see, I just and, can't and wait. also the fact that it's Jensen Ackles playing like um, Soldier Boy. That, yeah, that their version of Captain America essentially. Yeah, considering how essentially uh, he was on the list of playing uh, Captain America back in the day when they were st- when they were still trying to figure out. Uh, who will be Captain America, who wouldn't be Captain America, and stuff like that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it, it's going to be definitely... I, I feel like they're going to amp up how much crazier it's going to be this season, for yeah. sure. And then that, that, <laughs> I get over the one shot of Homelander milking a cow. like, <laughs> And the look on his face, it's like, you can tell it's like, uh, I mean, it's not, it's not human, but I guess it'll do. Yes, it's like, <laughs> it, and there's also the shot of. Uh, hopefully, that's not Mother Milk's power too. Hopefully, it's not Mother Milk turning into a cow and then getting milked. By <laughs> <laughs> oh that's my the name god! Of Mother's milk. <laughs> it would be the name, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also, there's also oh, someone actually joked about how. Um, A-Train is basically doing the Kendall Jenner spot of having the commercial book between uh, protesters and the cops, and he, and he brings them exactly. the Pepsi. Yep, exactly. Like, like it, it was so obvious like right away once you see it, what they're doing. But what the hell happened to A-Train's uh, uh, costume? It was so nice, blue and whatnot. Now it's like, I guess it's because now A-Train's becoming more and more, um, like, I, I wouldn't put it, I... I Okay, A Train's becoming A Train's becoming a lot a lot a lot like Captain Amazing in uh, Mystery Men. He's becoming essentially the product placement. So I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if he's like as he's doing all these things, you just see like um like a vault like <laughs> a vault logo sticker somewhere that says like vault mm-hmm. but like vault energy color something like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like because the fact that Homelander is becoming more unhinged, they have to like kind of change who's the public face of their of their own like you know justice justice league kind of teams yeah and, and it makes sense for it being a train because they already with season two ending with him essentially kind of getting this like redemption arc for him yeah. with the company and now yeah. him kind of taking that redemption arc now it looks like he's going to take it on like on a like a uh, publicity tour but so I, it's like and, I, and also because it's like yeah like 
him, him having the more brighter colors, like being probably more representative of what the comp of what that company is now being like, okay, we're going to change our image kind of thing. But yeah, I honestly, because of what, what was happening in Diabolical, like I honestly can't wait to see what, uh, they do with season three and having, you know, with the stuff that they've shown Diabolical and, mm-hmm. and, and with Black Noir and Homeland, I honestly just can't wait to see if they actually have a, like a rematch of, of those two just fighting. Oh, I would love to see the rematch between um, Black Noir and um, Butcher. I'm Butcher, but now that Butcher has powers, it's actually yeah. going to be an actually interesting fight and not just like, you know. I, I also love how when you were talking about, when we were talking about Huey possibly having powers, or let's face it, he's probably going to have powers, is a shot mm-hmm. Butcher tea, uh, drinking tea and whatnot. I love how they, they, they took the random shot of Butcher with the tea in season two and started to make it into a thing, I think. Because mm-hmm. there's that shot of just Butcher going... And then next, and then the following season, they just a shot of Butcher goose going. So I really hope Butcher and the T's just got to become like a like a Picard thing. So mm-hmm. he's just like whenever he needs to have something, he's just got tea. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it, it actually it's gonna be fun because it feels like you know the boys actually do stand more of a fighting chance now against whatever they're gonna have to face in the third season. Yes, uh, and to end the episode. Because I mean, it is this actually episode is probably gonna go on a little longer, but I feel like the next part of the episode is probably gonna be its own thing, like how we did the uh, uh, the the year end special. Hmm. But to end the episode, we have to talk about Obi Wan Kenobi, the trailer. Oh yes. Uh, first off, thank you, John Williams, for bringing back the the Battle of Heroes. I love that motif mm-hmm. of the strong. Especially since we now know that Darth Vader is going to be the main villain of of the season, or not the season of the show. I or, yeah, and and I'll, I, he's going to be the main villain, or that Inquisitor guy is, and and Darth Vader's probably. I feel like Darth Vader could also be more like showing up, like the way he did in um um the Fall. Fall, Fall Jedi Fallen Order game. Yeah, where he just shows up and he just you know just be badass for however long he needs to be. Yeah. Remind everyone who's in charge. Yeah, I, I asked, and this is the first time I've actually seen the Inquisitor outside of, because I haven't really watched the Clone Wars in ages, and I was like... Did uh, this Rebels, like, actually. Oh, Rebels? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's that's where the Inquisitors show up. Oh, okay. I thought this, I thought this was a Clone War thing. Because I, I know... Well, I mean, mean they're going to use the Clone Wars, I think, as a, like... I think the actors are going to flash back to Clone Wars, but like, damn it, Dave, again. Came about from Rebels. <laughs> I told you, it's like Dave Philnoy uh, is going to tweak our hearts again with the Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, like there, there's actually a great Clone Wars scene that they never actually made because it was one of those unfinished episodes where it's a scene. Yeah. Like, you, like you've probably seen it. It's that scene between Anakin and Obi Wan when they're on like Utapau. Yeah. Uh, investigating. Some like you know, kind of like um, something going on, like some of the Kyber crystal and stuff like that, kind of hinting at the Death Star. And there's this great, great scene where they're first kind of talking about Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Order, and yeah. then the scene basically ends with Anakin being like, "Well, would you be disappointed in me if I ever, or, or like you know, how would you feel if I ever became a disappointment, or or something like that?" And then Obi Wan being like, "Well, I don't think I would feel good about that, but that's not going to happen, and never will." And then just imagine, like, that's the scene, and then, like, it cuts to, like, the present day, where it's, like, either maybe it's, like, we see Obi-Wan just kind of, like, alone now in this desert on on Tatooine, or it cuts to Anakin as Darth Vader. Yes, it definitely feels like... there's, And I know that those lost episodes, because they were never filmed, they could easily still be, you know... Because the the Clone Wars, you know, they ended, but they have their own series. You know, they have mm-hmm. they essentially use whatever stuff filmed, just regardless. Yeah, but like you essentially already have the storyboards, but now you have it in a much more like you know moving fashion. So it's not just on a page; it's like you know in a video format. So it's like you already got it there. So it's like if they want to like you know 
So they can easily kind of pull from that and then just, and then just do it in live action, especially with the new technology they have for filming and like the in that volumetric thing like they do for the other Star Wars shows. Yeah, uh, I again I, the, I get, but yeah, the moment I heard Battle of the Heroes, I'm just like yes, this is the this is the theme I want to hear because I love that theme. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, like I prefer it over Duel of Fates, and Duel of Fates is is amazing. And that's also in the trailer too, Duel of Fates. Like the I think like in the first part of the trailer it shows up yeah. then it transitions the battle of heroes it's like but he like he, pulling from some of the best of the best of john williams music for sure but it, it, it as even though obi-wan looks amazing we have to talk about what happened prior to obi-wan because prior to them obi-wan this was like maybe two years ago when they when it was all in pre-production apparently the story was just too dark and they had to rework all the scripts to make it more lighthearted. And one of the script's changes they had was that uh, Darth Maul was going to return for whatever reason, right? And I think it obviously shows that you could be dark with Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. We've had dark Star Wars tales and dark... Uh, like the best, one of the best movies of of the series, Empire Strikes Back, is an incredibly dark film. When you and watch, then, it. and look, and then look at Revenge of the Sith. Like that gets dark fast. Like once this flip switches, it goes so dark. It literally is like a freaking massacre. Ooh, like okay. if that, like if that isn't dark too. Like so, yeah. Like you can't do dark stories in it, and, and also you can't. Just... It, you have to with Obi Wan. That's the thing. It's like because of like. Everything that's been like happened before and where Obi-Wan is in his life after that point, like you kind of have to go dark with it. I mean, I mean, and, you honestly do. And I think it's just because Kathleen Kennedy really doesn't want to have uh, any dark. Yeah, I just don't think Kathleen Kennedy doesn't want any uh, dark uh, Star Wars things at all because she feels like. They tried it with uh, the sequel trilogy, and the sequel trilogy really did not work because of the that the, wasn't even dark though. Yeah, I mean, she really was like if that's her definition of dark, she doesn't know anything about dark storytelling. Well, I mean, as though she doesn't know much about like you know mature storytelling in general. If I'm going to be honest, but if there was a one good thing that if there was one good thing about that retooling of the show, even if it did have become and and from what I can see, Obi-Wan Kenobi might be a little dark from a uh, story standpoint, or it might be, or they're going to try and do a very light. I mean, I mean, in, in their terms, I didn't, they, I don't think they want to be too bleak is what I think they want to say by too dark. But if there was one good change about them, we work in the strips, no Darth Maul. Darth mm-hmm. Maul and Obi-Wan Kenobi had their fight, and it was a beautiful fight in, in Rebels from what yeah. I saw Exactly. And like, I, yeah, you have to keep it like that. And of course, with Dave uh, Dave uh, Filanoi, I'm pretty sure Dave Filanoi, John uh, Favreau, they will essentially, uh, maybe in like maybe five years' time, they'll just be the ones to be taking control of the, uh, of the Death Star. <laughs> Dark Disney. <laughs> but yeah, like to that point you were saying, though, it's like, even though it's dark, like, because there's thing, Star Wars has dark, but they always do end with hope. Like, like you're saying, Empire Strikes Back, it's dark, but there is a slimmer, a glimmer of hope at the end. Yeah. And Revenge of the Sith, it is dark. It, it's, it's, it is pretty dark, but it ends with a glimmer of hope at the end. Yeah. And that is honestly how you, they should be doing Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah. It needs to be dark because these are dark circumstances. Yeah. The Jedi have been this wiped off the face of the galaxy, pretty much. The Empire is taking over, and we're seeing the effect of their, you know, dictatorship hold on the universe starting to really take place. And, yeah, it, ma- it makes sense it should be dark, because, yeah, it's a dark time in, in that Star Wars universe. That is a dark time in, in that universe and in that galaxy. Yeah. But, I... there's, but, there would, but there would still be that glimmer of hope. Yeah, and that's now, what I feel like the show would end with. It would end with that glimmer of hope, the way they've done before. Yeah, I honestly hope that the 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 show does end with like a flash forward or something like that, with uh, Luke 
going to say, I want to get, like, I want to go to Tashi Station or something like that. It just starts, it just starts with the, the intro to um, A New Hope, and it just shows, like, an old one, Obi-Wan Kenobi just watching Luke and then going straight into the, the, the events of the first movie, but... Oh, no, oh, no, actually, you know what a great ending of it would be? What? Like, yeah, the Tashi Station stuff, whatever, but it's, like, it ends with, like, but we see it from the perspective of, you know, the older Obi-Wan... Yeah. with the hood up and so we just kind of see him as this sort of more like silhouette in the distance watching him and then we kind of follow him as he's following luke and 3po going to find r2 yeah and then the show ends with him taking the hood off and then be like hello there <laughs> and roll credits the found the first and only fourth wall break in star wars <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i honestly can't wait to see what they do with obi-wan kenobi but i mm-hmm. i honestly believe that they should have kept it dark because, like you said before, Star Wars is has always been a dark storyline. But there's always that little glimmer of hope at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, New Hope. You know, uh, New Hope had a lot of, uh, you know, New Hope had a scene where Darth Vader tortures his own daughter in order to give uh, give up a um, the location of the rebels. Yeah, and she doesn't like yield or whatnot. And and you know, and they do. Clean, you know, and you know the following movie. Vader has a Han tortured, and how does he torture Han by shoving sparks in front of his face? And that, I mean, makes- I mean, that's the thing. We don't even know how extensive that torture goes, as well. Yeah, so like it could have, it could have just continued going past that scene where Vader walks out. Like maybe just, Han passed out for a minute, and then they wake him up, and then just continue torturing him for all we know. You, and you hear Han yelling in the, in, you know, you hear Han, and then you see Lando, like obviously thinking about the, the choices he has, like he does. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, obviously Kathleen Kennedy, you know, she's obviously thinking it from a uh, marketing standpoint, but from a writer standpoint, yeah, just go dark, I, you know, like. Star Wars has always been a dark uh, uh, thing. Like the mm-hmm. like a great thing about it is that no matter how dark the story can get, there's always that glimmer of hope. Like Rogue One mm-hmm. gets dark amazingly quick around oh, like, yeah. like the halfway point, right? No, it's like literally everyone of that main cast dies. Yeah, that's how dark it gets, and they're not like, afraid to go there. It, we, we even have Vader slaughtering rebels with yeah, such so trying to get those plans, and then hope. Exactly. Uh, like, yeah, but they're like, I would be hopeful, but if I had only seen The Mandalorian, <laughs> I would easily be hopeful. But then I've also seen Book of Boba Fett. But let's and now, and I've definitely lost some bit of hope given how they honest. handled that story. Let's be honest. How long until Obi Wan Kenobi becomes a stealth prequel, uh, a stealth sequel, prequel, what have you, to The Mandalorian? <laughs> I mean, I honestly though, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm not saying Mandalorian shows up in Boba Fett, and those are instantly some of the best episodes. Yeah. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to do something like that, where they have like, you know, um, a young Mando show up, and wherever Obi Wan happens to find himself in an episode, and they're just like chatting or whatever, and he's trying to give him some guidance, and then he just kind of, and then just go on their way. And it's like, what? Oh yeah, were we supposed to be doing something? Oh yeah, I gotta be keeping an eye on that uh, kid, uh, Luke. Yeah, I, I honestly think that probably I wouldn't be surprised if there was a young Mando or Cod Bane comes back to um, somewhere, and then <sighs> Dave. I know you love all these characters you've created over the past, but come on, just give us a, a, a little story that that does just narratively about the two, about the the main character. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love you, Dave, but come on. I, I just want to see it about... I just wanted to see Obi-Wan Kenobi kick ass before he finally gives up that um, lightsaber of his. Because we all know, like, that's his whole thing, is that he essentially becomes a hermit at the end... Of, at, like, the end. At the start of A New Hope, because he's, you know... Like, he... Yeah, he's a, he's a Jedi in hiding, and he, you know, he has to do that, essentially. But... I can't wait to see what um, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen and hopefully James Earl Jones bring to the table in terms of not only these characters, but mm-hmm. hopes, you know, I definitely want to see how these characters uh, these characters come up with. 
Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. like if I had, if I had to, like two more, two quick things. So like, yeah, I love the way the Inquisitors talk about like what it means to be a Jedi. Like it's almost this kind of addiction. It's like you can't stop yourself. Yeah. I, I kind of, I like how that's how the Inquisitor treats it because it shows how their mindset of what the Jedi Order is. But then, and then also it's like, I have this theory about it where it's like, I'm watching it and I'm like, it looks like the Inquisitors are going to be hunting Jedi. And yeah. we're going to get this kind of like, you know, beginning of a resistance to the Empire showing up somewhere as you see these little battles taking place in the trailer. But I feel like there's going to be a situation where there's going to be this young, like, um, a uh, person who has like force can who has force sensitivities and can like and maybe Obi-Wan would kind of like try to start training him but then yeah. something would happen and then maybe this person would either die or become an inquisitor and then Obi-Wan ends up for, being forced to have to kill him it's hard to make a lot of hunches right now just because the trailer does a good job with not giving too much right now to really kind of like but just enough to get you at least interested enough to watch you know what would be amazing, though, if they have... Because this is set, like, I believe maybe a couple of years after Sith, or... Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Luke is already, like, a young, a youngish-looking kid, as we see. I, I would be amazed if they do bring in Cal for, like, maybe a cameo, and it's just, like, just Obi-Wan and Cal mm-hmm. just having, like, a... Like, almost a, uh, like, a what-if type of meeting, you know... He doesn't know. He, you know, he doesn't know it's Obi Wan Kenobi. Obi Wan probably knows it's a Jedi because he could probably sense that Force sensitivity thing. And considering that, that could make sense too. And considering, you know, Cal has been, you know, in the rounds of coming back into the nature because apparently Jedi Fallen Order it has a big fan base. I did not know about that. <laughs> <laughs> like I did not know how big the fan base is about with that game, and I love oh, yeah. that. So I grab be part. Of, I'm glad to be part of that fan base, but especially since they've been touring with the idea of Cal coming back in both either live action form or another game. Mm-hmm. I hope it's another game too, uh, because we need good Star Wars games. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, like definitely, like this would be great. Like do this in between the games, like, and then, and then like the second game could be like you know he takes whatever advice he learns from Obi Wan. Yeah, and then like he starts like yeah. That could that could honestly really work though. Like I could easily see that working. Now, but then what, I don't think they're actually going to do that, which yeah. would be is well, kind of, which is disappointing. But will I and Hayden be right? Find out. Uh, find out in a couple of months when we decide to review Obi Wan. <laughs> anyway, find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, this has been this week's episode. We have another episode coming out. Probably directly after this, probably in a couple of days. If not, I'm not sure when because uh, there's an episode of Call Time I have coming out on Friday. I hope on Friday. Uh, and I just got like add that into the thing. So, so prepare yourself for a lot of uh, Call Time downstage uh, oddities. That is videos this week. I actually have a lot of stuff coming up. But yeah, that was this week's episode. I hope you all enjoy it. Uh, Take care, everyone. Peace, be safe, and uh, be well. And may the force be with you. Yes.